Welcome to HR in 15, a podcast dedicated to addressing the complexities of modern HR in just 15 minutes. Brought to you by Prestige PEO, simplifying HR. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR in 15 podcast. My name is Jason Flynn. I am the Director of Human Resources and Client Services here at Prestige PEO. And I'm thrilled to join everyone as the host today for the podcast. Our guest today is accomplished author and president of Success Performance Solutions, Ira Wolf. Ira is a prolific writer and visionary who encourages businesses to challenge their preconceived notions and rethink their strategies around recruitment, hiring, and performance management. So with decades of experience in HR, Ira knows a thing or two about what it truly takes to succeed and how that's changing as technology and the world at large continue to evolve. How businesses can keep up with the rapid change of pace and what qualities will all individuals need to succeed in the future. Ira's here to share his insights and we're certainly happy to have him with us today. Ira, thank you so much for joining us today. We're super excited to have you participate in today's discussion. Hey, thanks very much, Jason. Pleasure to be here. So going along those lines, there's a lot that we could talk about on the HR front, right? But sticking with the idea behind recruiting, hiring, and managing our employees' performance, you know, this certainly isn't a new one, right? Every company wants to bring the best and the brightest employees into their organization, you know, and then get the most potential out of those employees while they're there. You know, the goal is to hire, develop, and retain that talent. And I'm sure you must hear it a lot, you know, but our employees, our human capital, they are our prized asset. This is the engine that makes our companies run. So Ira, with everything that you've learned, you know, maybe you can talk a little bit about how things have changed for both employers and employees in recent decades. Yeah, it's a great question. And uh, it's, it's a complex one, but we'll try to break it down into just a couple things. I, I think that the two areas that I believe people underestimate uh, are one is the speed of change. And certainly within the last year, 2020, uh, we've all, I think everyone recognized how quickly things can shift. Um, prior to that, uh, we, you know, we've talked about uh, even the, the, the job skill shortage. I won't say it's a labor shortage. It's not a shortage of people. We've got 6 million people on the planet, almost 7 million, billion people on the planet. Um, but what we don't have is we don't have people with all the skills. And that's been projected since as early as the beginning of 1990s. Uh, when uh, McKinsey uh, declared the war on talent uh, or the talent war. And that's progressed. I wrote a book uh, 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago, per Perfect Labor Storm, similar to that. And there's a lot of other people that have done the same. So uh, we were all predicting that there would be a job shortage. What we didn't predict is how quickly it would fall upon us. And uh, over the last uh, 10 years, people of, of well experienced the technological revolution uh, disruption. Uh, you know, I'm not sure in 2019 if you talked about, if you mentioned exponential to somebody, what if they knew what it meant. Um, now you probably can ask a five-year-old of, of what exponential means because we all learned through the pandemic what, what an exponential curve looked like and how quickly things can change and what that doubling rate would be. 
Uh, so I think one thing that's changed is just the speed at which change. And, and that's a challenge for HR because HR has not only been conservative uh, in their approach, but they've been very, they've been slow to react uh, to things. And, and, and it's, done, it's, it's done well for them in the past, but not anymore. Uh, the other thing is, and, and you mentioned that uh, people are, are a company's most important asset. Uh, recently, there was a book uh, by Gary Hamill, and um, I, I apologize to his co-author because I, I just drew this blank. Uh, but it, they have a new book. It's called Humanocracy. And the the basis of that is that uh, we've lived through this. A People are our, a company's most important asset. What if we flip that? And, and that's really where we're headed is what if an organization is your employees most important asset? What can you do to support them? What can you do to help them adapt? What can you do to help them their well-being? And uh, so it's an interesting concept um, and it leads into some of the other things I'm sure we'll talk about like employee experience and candidate experience. Uh, but that's a huge, huge shift uh, of where workers have been over the years. I mean, we had unions to protect the the worker. And now we're talking about the, the purpose of an organization is to assist, to help the employee. You know, it's it's really is fascinating to think about. And and I think that you're you're dead on with it. You know, we tend to think about things from an employer perspective. Right. How can we source our employees? How can our candidates, how can we recruit them? How do we get the brightest and the best here with us in our organization? Um, and that's a natural way to think as an employer, but there definitely has been a shift in thought process to the employee end as well. And I see it. Employees want to be engaged. They want to enjoy what they do. They want to love their organization. They want to feel like they're a part of it and they're becoming more selective. And I think that's good too. Um, but you also talked about, you know, talked about a lot of the changes over the decades. And you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the big change that we've had over, you know, the past year, which is, you know, I used to say the elephant in the room being COVID, but realistically, it is the room. It's no longer the elephant; it is the room. And right. a lot has changed. It's brought on a lot of challenges around. COVID and employees. So, you know, the question begs to be answered, what kind of HR challenges do you see that employers and employees now face? And how has, you know, the COVID pandemic really added to those challenges? Yeah, that, and again, I, I didn't mention this, um, you know, when I, 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 when I, just a few minutes ago, but, um, you know, I've been talking about VUCA, uh, VUCA, and, you know, that, that may be a different way to describe exponential change. Uh, but VUCA, if if you're not familiar with it, um, just you can look it up. But it stands for it represents uh, it's an acronym that represents volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And it was something that uh, the military and governments and big business recognized about 30 years ago that this was the world we'd live in. It would be a, a perpetual state of VUCA: volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Uh, and that certainly is what happened last year. So uh, overnight, literally, uh, it, I, I think the date for most people will probably remember an infamy. Infamy. Um, it was uh, it was a Friday, and it was a Friday the thirteenth. It was March thirteenth, and that was a day that it's the last day of school for many 
many students across across the country uh, and and around the world world in fact um, many businesses shut down and people went home and it may be the last time that people actually go back not to work but to that place of business um, because many people have either closed or they're closing their physical sites and going remote so literally overnight uh, we we had this um, but that wasn't it wasn't necessarily a one-time event and that's I think going back to what your question is is what are some of the things that we're going to see going forward and one of those is that we're going we're still living in a VUCA world and it's it's and even if you if it's not all four of those it's certainly going to be uncertain we're, so, and we're going to live in a world of perpetual uncertainty which again is not something that humans are comfortable with and human resources is definitely not comfortable with. Uh, they like that steady, more predictable, routine, compliant um, pace uh, and environment. And that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, that just doesn't exist. So if, if we look at what's the one overlying challenge uh, universally, and, and I, I dove deep into this, is, is about adaptability. Uh, companies just don't have an, the ability Organizations, the bigger you are, have less ability to adapt because it's tough to turn a big ship around overnight. Small companies certainly have that luxury, small to medium-sized businesses. Uh, but the people within them, uh, the people are struggling. People are afraid. People are fearful. People don't like, most people, mo most human beings don't like unknown, the unknown. And so teaching people how to be more comfortable with uncertainty, um, the skill required for that is adaptability, and and that's a big area that I've been working on for the last well for the last twenty years. But it it finally came to being that people recognize that people need to be more have the ability to pivot and be more adaptable. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, from an HR professional, I can agree with you wholeheartedly. Right, consistency is something that that we like we are conservative in nature you know our idea is to protect that that's what we want to do from an employer and an employee side and adaptability as you mentioned is something that i'd say we all try to do under normal circumstances and we've been forced into it over the past year and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing you know we we saw even pre-pandemic times we saw things crawling in a certain direction and it was slow and talking about the idea of remote work, that's something that we've been thrust into. But from an HR professional dealing with a lot of our organizations and our clients that we support from an HR perspective here at Prestige PEO, the, the idea of remote work is something that we were seeing clients and employers really dip their toes into uh, with hesitancy as they went down this line. There's a lot of things that they needed to think about. You know, who do we roll it out to? We don't want it to go full force and have employees take advantage of it. You know, we're going to lose that control. We can't see if works are going to get done. So while employers were gravitating towards it, it was a slow roll. And it's it's truly amazing how once you're forced to it, you're able to see how effective it has been. And what I've seen is that employees typically do work harder and longer in a remote work environment. It's not every case, but it's certainly there. So I think that's something that we've certainly adapted to, maybe forced to, but um, it, it's certainly there, you know? And now we start thinking about 
you know, the things that we want to touch base on with you, like, like what your thoughts are on the overall job market and how it might be different today than it has been in the past. Yeah, for sure. Well, there's, there's certainly a lot of jobs, uh, you know, it's estimated and there's estimates all over the board, but anywhere from 10 to 25% of the jobs that were available. I'm not talking about work where there's going to be plenty of work that's available, but the, the jobs themselves, the, the, you know, and even if the job title is still available, the job description is going to be different because people that in the past had had worked in in a physical site, they got up, they drove, you know, they, they commuted to work, uh, they entered into a building, they exited the building and they went home. All of a sudden, um, they need to have a lot more digital skills. They have to have a lot more experience uh, of working remotely. Uh, it's changed the workspace, uh, you know, for for companies that have got, tried to get back to normal to call their workers back. Uh, there's not 100% of the workforce that is back because there's certain people that are uncomfortable with it. Uh, social distancing at work is going to be different. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and also just working from home, finding that space. How do you how do you get that work life balance? Uh, but many of the jobs just aren't going to be available anymore. Uh, and or they're going to change. I, I've been saying this, and it's certainly on research of other people, uh, that two thirds of all jobs will be one third automated, and that was a prediction we had by 2030. Uh, it is now 2021, and it arrived upon us just like that, just overnight. Uh, so one of the one of the things is is that people are going to really have to up their game. People have to become much more digitally savvy uh, in addition to all the other skills that they're going to have. And digitally savvy doesn't just mean what technology. It means being able to communicate with other people who may or may not be even comfortable doing things remotely, but they're now forced to. So how do you guide them? And then you talk about the leadership side and the management side of that. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about engaging a workforce. How do you engage people? that you're no longer sitting next to. You can't see them. There's a whole lot of other things going on in, in their lives. Uh, and so it's it's a total shift in management, leadership, and uh, workers' behavior. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things, and I can say firsthand, I've got you know, 25 wonderful people on my team in my organization that I work with that um, pains me to not be able to see them in the flesh every day like we used to. It's a big part of what makes us a cohesive unit and, and a successful team. And uh, at, in the blink of an eye, that was kind of ripped away from us. So we were forced to immediately relearn how to engage our employees. And it's it's trial and error, but I think the fact that we try is also a good part too. And there's definitely things that we can do to you know, hold the tide until we do get back into a somewhat normal, new normal type of environment. But you're you're absolutely right. We've been forced to adapt and to change um, really on the fly. And, you know, this this next question, the last question that I'm really excited to kind of talk with you about um, is, is around and, and you started getting into it in your last explanation. But, you know, the top five qualities of individuals and what they need to succeed going forward. And, and, I, and I tried to go through this even myself. And I got to five and then I got to 10 and then I got to 15 and then I just started capitalizing everything that was a little bit more important than, than everything else. Um, it's, it's hard and I definitely have some thoughts on, on what I think are the, the top qualities individuals need to succeed going forward. But I'm definitely interested in getting your thoughts on that as well. 
Now it's interesting. Uh, you brought back a a memory. I was working with a, a large organization, and they on on de- identifying the competencies that were important. And I walked into the VP of HR's room uh, room and down in St. Louis. Uh, this is maybe twenty years ago, and they had post-it notes, and the wall was covered. There were six hundred and three of them, of of uh, competencies that were required in the organization. And somebody said, hey, we just had a meeting and we decided we're not sure if this is on the list. So he he literally walked in with his post-it note and was going up and down and go, oh, we don't have another one. So now there was 604, you know, competencies. Uh, That's what happens with the list. But if you look at the research, um, there's been a lot of research recently on the ability to, uh, for humans. And and it's not specific to to a, a single job. But just as human beings, of, of what's the ability that we're going to need uh, to keep up? Uh, it doesn't matter if you have a degree, ten years of or twenty years of experience. If you're not able to adjust, uh, there were certain skills, and the five skills uh, that we've come up with, or the researchers come up with, is been one is grit. Heard a lot about that. Uh, Angela Duckworth has talked about grit. That's that endurance, that perseverance uh, to be able to do things. Uh, resilience is another. Uh, the ability to, to come back, but those grit and resilience are really just survival skills. It's allowing us to cope with that situation. And, and when you said, yeah, well, last year we were able to adapt, um, ad- adapting to the current situation is one thing, adapting and being able to be fluid and grow uh, and get to that next step, uh, because this isn't the last wave of, of, of setbacks or the, the next wave of, nor- I, I talk about not the next normal, but the next wave of normal. Because it's going to come in waves, uh, and it's going to continually change. Uh, so we we need to be able to have mental flexibility. Mental flexibility is the ability to um, uh, to deal with paradox. To it's the ability to listen to CNN, MSN, MSNBC, and Fox News at the same time, and not get angry, but to make sense of it. That's that's that mental flexibility. Um, growth mindset. Uh, many people might. Be familiar with that from the work of Carol Dweck. Uh, it, it's the ability to, it's being okay with making mistake. Uh, you know, company innovative companies have learned that for years. Uh, they they, you you have to, it's not a mistake isn't a failure. It's just part of the journey, and you know we've we've gotten so tight on zero defects. Um, you can't make a mistake or you get fired. Uh, we've become fragile organizations, and what happens with a fragile organization, it's uh, very similar to what happens if you took a porcelain cup and dropped it on the floor. It 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 shatters, and the resilience is that it 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 comes back to shape. But we need to become something that they're talking about is becoming anti-fragile. And anti-fragile is not only do do these challenges, this 2020. Are we able to bounce back and endure and persevere, but we're able to come back stronger and bigger than we did before. So, um, you know, combination of those fits there. And then the final ones are really on uh, the 5th ones are really on uh, uh, interesting 1, because I don't know if it's final. Maybe there is going to be a 6, 7, 8, 9th, and 10th, like you've come up with Jason uh, is unlearning it. We, we talked about uh, having a learning. Attitude, a continuous learning, you know, learning doesn't stop, but, you know, when you graduated from school, you got a certificate program or you got your masters, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's lifelong learning. 
the challenge is, is just piling more and more information on the top of the way we used to do things doesn't help. So we need to learn new behaviors, but we need to unlearn some of the old behaviors we had. And frankly, some of the things that we took for granted, some of the things that, that worked for us in the past just aren't going to work anymore. So the, the five core skills that we believe are going to carry people into the future are grit, resilience, mental flexibility, growth mindset, and unlearning. You know, it does make me feel better, Ira, that uh, a couple of years did land on my list of 15. So <laughs> we, we have that. Listen, Ira, you have so much great information, and I know that you and I could just talk for days. So naturally, we'd love to have you back on the show. Anytime. It'd be a pleasure. Thanks again for the great advice, Ira, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in to today's podcast. To learn more about Ira, his books, or Success Performance Solutions, be sure to check out irawolf.com. That's I-R-A-W-O-L-F-E.com. And tune into another episode of HR and 15 again soon as we continue our conversations with Ira, or check out all of our episodes on your favorite podcast app or www.hrin15.com. Until next time, everybody, thanks and have a great day. For questions or more information on today's topic, visit PrestigePEO.com.